Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation between two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and helping people navigate their careers within organizations and also obsessed with pop culture. I'm Virginia Martinez. And my name's Kara Kirby. Together, we have over 20 years of working inside of organizations. And now we both work outside with companies all over the world, helping them drive their people first practices. This first season of Pop On Leadership is dedicated to a show called Ted Lasso. We're going to walk through the first 10 episodes, unpacking all the leadership lessons along the way. So let's get into it. All right. We're getting into it. Season one, episode one of Ted Lasso. This episode is all about starting new things. Mm -hmm. In this case, Ted is starting a new job in a major way, right? What we find out at the very beginning, we are introduced to Rebecca, who um, won essentially this UK football team, soccer for us Americans, uh, through her divorce. That's what we learn. And she is replacing the coach with a guy who's never coached or played soccer before in his life ted lasso so then we're like we we get this little um shot from espn that shows us ted lasso in the locker room of a college football team doing the running man with a visor picture it because that kind of brings him to life and the whole journey is about his trip airplane quite literally then arriving at the stadium getting a tour and it is his first day on the job so that's a little kind of scene setting it's whenever somebody turned me on to this show, I, I mean, I always like people's recommendations no matter what. And I'm like very obsessed with when just like people in general get obsessed with things like cultural phenomenons are my jam. So like I knew this was going to be one, but that scene where he was dancing in the locker room, <laughs> that's where I, that's where I knew we were going to fall in love. Like it was love at first dance site, you know? Yeah. and. And they paint it so well because it's like, well, who's this no name? And but they like need to give you a sense of like his personality right away. So there he is, this um, college football team in Kansas. And yeah, he's wearing a visor, doing the running man, surrounded by college students, these football players, and they're loving it. They're, that's the other thing. They're really responding to it. So you get a sense of like, yeah, he's a goofball, but beloved yeah right out of the gate right out of the gate absolutely and he in the in it almost i remember whenever i first started watching the show i thought that it was going to be a story of this villain and this hokey guy that was coming to town like it was this this play on my fair lady in a weird way like i hadn't <laughs> like i didn't know where they were gonna go like i thought it was gonna be like super cheesy whenever I first watched it, I mean, I thought it was going to be like an awesome show, but I had no idea that it was going to help reframe the way that people look at leadership and organizational development and the impact you can make on people's lives. Like I have never seen anything like it with, I mean, I've seen articles now where there's different coaches of sports teams that are talking about how using Ted Lasso's method is more effective than what they've been taught before. It is shifting the paradigm and I, it, it just, it makes my heart just beam. Like I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and in this episode, right, where, you know, we eventually like get to know all of that about Ted and, and so many other characters that we'll talk about throughout this podcast. But in this episode, what we do know is he's never coached soccer mm -hmm. or football in the UK. 
He's never even been to the UK. <laughs> and he arrives, doesn't sleep, <laughs> doesn't sleep on this transatlantic flight at all. And is immediately thrown into a tour and a um, what's it called? The news, the media is there to interview him. And we I know that we we wanted to talk about what it's like to start a new job, the sort of first day. And also what it means to sort of join a group that's already formed, right? Well, you're the new person. I think that it's it's an interesting reframing of what that takes i i i led an onboarding team for a long time and i used to always tell my team that you you cannot you cannot discount the identity shift that people to have to have whenever they go into a new job like how hard that transition is it is it is a psychological process so whenever and, and organizations do not spend enough time on it they're like okay give somebody a laptop tell them what their benefits you are mean they like, don't what? spend enough time on onboarding they don't it's it, it it the word onboarding even it's like it's associated with okay get everybody all their electronics and their benefits and get them up to speed there's not enough time talking about like the emotional process and i know that that sounds super soft but it is an extreme no, emotional process granted i've only worked at two companies my entire life for very long stints i've had a weird corporate america experience but I but the one time I went through it, I was like, I'm having to start over. Yeah, no one knows me, right? Like no one, no one understands my quirky personality. And, and I've been so used to people just, just like accepting me. And now they don't. Yeah, I, I, I talk about this all the time, because I spend a lot of my career in recruiting, right? And so this assumption that like, okay, once you've hired them, you're done. And it's like, no, 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 like, this is like when they first interact, let's say, with recruiting or hiring manager in the interview process, that's a, that's the start of their process. But now, like this is the continuation of a journey. And that handoff is often mm -hmm. so clunky, so, so clunky, because you go from someone high, you know, just so high on emotions, excited that they got the offer that they accepted. But then those nerves, like you said, set back in. It's like, holy shit, do I know what I'm going to do? Am I going to be accepted? Like no one knows here. Like, how am I going to navigate this place? Like, I got to prove myself. People are going to be looking to me to prove myself. And so when it's boiled down to like, have you filled out your paperwork and here's your laptop? If it, it's like a womp womp, you don't feel that supported or seen in that moment. And it, it is an area that organizations can do way better that that one that handoff right so that it's more seamless so it's a continuation of the journey and also taking into account like how vulnerable it is you know absolutely and with what what this episode does this first episode of ted showing us how gracefully you can handle entering in the worst kind of situation so there's that leader member exchange there right so yes organizations need to do a better job but also i think that 
what you can control is being that person that's entering that situation. So it's almost two different conversations in two different categories. And when I was watching that episode, I was like, this is something really important for people to understand that when you enter an organization, you do have to start winning people over. You have to navigate relationships and that's what you should be concentrating on. And I think that that's what Ted does so so skillfully is that he's looking at the landscape. So he's got Rebecca over here who's got such a hard shell and he's looking at all the hard shells that are on the team and people that automatically don't want him there, which I think happens a lot if you're taking a leadership position inside an organization too. They might have had somebody that they liked or they might not be wanting a new leader to come in, right? So what a lesson of how- And that's kind of his situation, right? They're like, who is this American? Like they feel feel insulted by this decision that was made. And so he's walking in where the team feels insulted. What does this mean about us? We don't feel invested and we feel like we're not being taken seriously. You hired, I mean, they make fun of him in so many funny ways, (laughs) like, you know, Ronald McDonald. I mean, they use all these sort of, you know, British versus American tropes, but they, they land, they're pretty funny. Um, oh, yeah, because everyone calls him wanker everywhere he goes. Yeah, but then they're like, they call him like the howdy doody guy or like, you know, it's just so, they, they, so mean. but it's, and it's for the show, in the show's context, it's hilarious. Um, and in this howdy doody vibe, you know, or, or vein rather, he has that amazing quote. The other thing you'll know is like Ted Lasso has these amazing sayings. And in this episode, he says to his um, pal and confidant, right, uh, Coach Beard, he says, taking on challenges is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. And, and, this kind of goes back to your point it's like okay well you can't control if the team you're walking into is somehow insulted or angry you can't walk in you know you can't control the decisions that led up to you being hired or like whatever moment the the organization's in but you can control how you view it and how you decide to react and show up to it and so i thought that was really nice like listen it's gonna be a little uncomfortable i know that that's part of this it's going to be uncomfortable. And I was just thinking about how a lot of times when leaders are walking into this situation, especially if it's like this Ted Lasso situation where you feel like everybody's against you and it's uncomfortable, a lot of leaders end up responding to that vulnerability that they're feeling with trying to put more control. So they start looking systematically at how a team is running and how the organization's running and picking it apart, because that's what our brains do whenever they're under stress. We look for faults. We start to fault find. And I've I've seen so many people fall on their face because they start to say, oh, well, 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 all these people I don't have relationships with, but I'm going to fix the system. I'm going to fix the processes. I'm going to fix what's broken. Instead of taking a step back and saying, I need to be like Ted Lasso. I need to look at this landscape and start winning these people over that are around me. I need to focus on the relationships first and then go into the processes. And and do it with, and look, what I'm about to say, people are going to roll their eyes a little bit at, but like, <laughs> do it with like enough optimism to get you through. Like he can see further out into the horizon. He's not saying, oh, today was awful. So therefore my career here is going to be awful. He goes in with like, listen, I, people discounted me before. 
I proved them wrong. I'm confident in what I can do. And what I'm most confident in is that I'm going to do my best no matter what. And that's all I can do. Now, if it works here, great. And I know it will. But if it doesn't, like, I will still leave here with my head held high. And But he, you have to kind of look beyond that very specific moment where someone's being mean to you. You have to look beyond that very specific. I'm, I'm not saying you overlook it. <laughs> or first day jitters, you have to have a little bit of optimism and confidence in yourself. Yes, absolutely. And understand that pe most people are similar. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, like most human beings are having a very similar experience. And I think sometimes we forget that, right? Like if you're entering a new team, you're vulnerable. They have a new leader, they're vulnerable. They're not going to be acting their normal selves. Like it takes people a little bit of time. And I, one more thing about this, I just kind of made this connection. So Adam Grant always has this phrase that he uses, um, especially in his last book that we, we have to detach, right? And, and yeah. um, this, the, just bear with me on this. I'm having a little bit of an ADD moment, but when my brother first moved to LA, he's an artist and I was really young whenever it happened. He was actually really young too. And he had a mentor tell him that you have to be your own assistant. And I always, I never understood what that meant. And I think that as I have gone through corporate America and I've learned as much as I've learned through good and the bad, I understand now what that means is that you have to detach and you can't take things personally. Yeah. He's like, He's like, you are seeing this person, but you don't know this person yet. This is going to be a process. And I am not going to attach myself to the reactions that you are having to this situation. Yeah. That, yes, I would give that advice too. But let's be honest, that is so much easier said than done. Oh, yeah. You got to be like a Buddhist monk. <laughs> right. And so I, I, I think, yes, I think in theory, you know, we can all logically understand that but in the moment what happens right is because we are humans the reason we react the way we do is because our psychological safety is being triggered like we feel we are being threatened and what's fascinating about psychological safety to some extent is that like our body like the adrenaline pumps the same way as if we were being chased by someone who has a knife like we would also like if someone insults us in the workplace it's the same internal reaction same thing. our brains are not equipped no we've been socially conditioned to act professionally in that moment and not scream and run away but our insides are reacting the same way and there needs to be a moment of closure that makes me feel safe again and if that doesn't happen people are showing up to work in survival mode all the time mm -hmm. so you have to i think again easier said than done to say like okay like detach yourself or don't take it personally like what like what are the ways like i mean you and i what are the ways you do that when you realize like okay i'm being like i feel like i'm being a little tr triggered i feel unsafe but how do i detach myself that is such a good question one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes is that you can't hate people up close Mm. Right. So I think that a lot of times it comes down to if you're having all these feelings, you start to separate yourself from people and you'll see this everywhere in your life, especially if people like if you hear people are like, I don't like people. Right. Like I think that especially after the pandemic, a lot of people have gotten into that habit of being like, oh, I just don't want to go out anywhere. Like I don't like people. But it's 
but there's some vulnerability on your behalf that you're scared to let yourself get close to people because you're scared of being portrayed. You're scared of being hurt. So if you can move past that and say, I'm actually going to get to close to this person and understand them as a person, usually you'll find some common ground and you'll find like that you, you have, you guys are just having a human experience together. Right. So I think that that would be my advice of how do you detach is actually get closer to people mm-hmm. just like Ted Lasso does. Right. He's yeah. like, how am I going to get in there and break down these walls? What advice would you give? Um, well, you know, it reminds me of this exercise I've done through facilitation of some, um, of some different types of workshops, but the, the first prompt is like, Hey, go into this breakout group and try to find as many things as you have in common with each other. Love like, it. Oh, you knit. I knit. Oh, you like chocolate cake. I like chocolate cake. Great. Everyone comes back. Nice, hearty laugh. Ha 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 ha. We had eight things in common, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And now you send them back into breakouts and say, now try to find how many things you have in common that you value that are really important to you that you care about. They end up having a deeper conversation. And with people that they kind of felt they had nothing in common with, they realized they're, they actually share a lot of deep values. And now they're connected in a new way. And they Love leave it. that one feeling like warm and fuzzy. Wow, I didn't expect that. Like I feel vulnerable because I had to talk about things that are really important to me and not stay at this sort of surface level. I like knitting, you like knitting. I mean, great, knitting's great. That's, I don't know why I keep choosing that as the example, but, um, but it's very Virginia, different. Tell us, tell us more about knitting. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not very good. The thing is I'm not very good at it, that's why. But, um, but you're trying to knit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which points to a value of persistence. You know, anyway. <laughs> Your growth mindset. I'm not a good exactly. knitter right now. Yes, I yes. can be tomorrow. Exactly. So one of my values would be honesty, transparency, you know. And so when you talk to people, I mean, and no one talks like that in the workplace, right? No yeah. one's like, hey, what are your deep values? But here's my advice when you're starting to feel like, what the heck is this person? And you're, you feel it, you're starting to feel like internally, like that often points to on the surface, you're annoyed with them, but deep down what's happening is one of your values without mm. you even knowing it is being poked. And you have to kind of do the work, like, why is this bothering me? So what I do is like, hold on a second. They were rude. They said this, but why, why does it bother me? Why is it bothering me? And then I say, because one of my values is like recognize people for their hard work. And right now I don't feel recognized, but that's Mm. because that's important to me. I don't know this person well enough to know if that's important to them. And they're not a mind reader. I'm going to have to build a relationship with them where I can eventually communicate in some way that being recognized is important to me. So, I, I mean, in a way, kind of like more like un, unpacking why the react, why I'm having this reaction. Yeah. And giving myself grace. Like, oh yeah, that's why, because they're not, I, they're not seeing me or they're not congratulating me or, and that bothers me because, um, and then you can kind of decide how much energy you put into your reaction you can decide how much of that is in your control or not and you can decide if you are going to communicate and let them know that that's important to you 
That is a, that is so smart and I've never thought about it in that way before and you know just like with anything else that is psychology related if you can name something it helps you navigate through it and move past it right and so I think that if more people were able to do that it would lead to such healthier environments <clears throat> I saw this I saw this TikTok and I actually like do edit this girl the other day <laughs> Oh my God. I loved it so much. Like I couldn't even help. It like wasn't leadership E at all, like not in my niche, but like, I just, I loved the concept. I, I couldn't help it. But so all these guys were ghosting her and she made an exit interview for the guys that were ghosting her. <laughs> beautiful because they were saying things like they were saying things like you were coming at me emotionally and I'm not in touch with my emotions right and and then she put like on a scale of like how funny you think I am one to five and it was like five really funny and the last comment was like guys suck you shouldn't have anything to do with us but it was like you know, sometimes in the workplace, in relationships, it's all the same. When we leave people without closure, when we don't understand and fully grasp the situation, it causes it causes harm to our brain. There's something called the Zegernick effect, which is an unclosed loop in your brain. And there's, physi there's physiological implications to it because it causes cortisol and stress response. So it, it makes it so you have cortisol drips throughout your body, which actually like cause damage. So when we have these unclosed loops, like why? Why didn't that person in the workplace like me or why did that person ghost me it's all the same so if we can if we can find ways to close that that loop and have human conversations it, it makes it so that people can actually be healthier and be smarter and have better relationships in the long run all right my ted talk's done <laughs> Thank you for coming to my my TEDx on Ted Lasso. Um, Lasso and on um, X interviews for relationships. Yeah, no, but I think that, you know, like the thread there is like, you have to be open to knowing that you are part of this dynamic. Yes. And, and in the, you know, the other thing that I tell people too, in those moments, and I, I had one yesterday, like, you're like, why is this happening to me? try to find a way to have agency in that moment. And look, I'm not saying this is always going to happen because bad shit happens to really good people in the world. And so, so I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but in the workplace, I assure you, most people are not showing up saying like, I'm here to ruin Virginia's life. Like <laughs> they actually don't think about me that much, right? Like they're all obsessed and worried about themselves. They're in their own heads. about their fail. They're, they're obsessed and worried about their own insecurities. So try to find the moments where you can have a little agency and control. And often that is around how much energy do I want to give this? And what does, what is my reaction going to be? Absolutely. Um, you, know, you have to, I think a way of closing out this conversation on how to enter a situation with grace and how to detach yourself from it is that you have to keep giving people biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that also works. Even if they don't want those damn biscuits, you be the person that shows up and you just keep 
giving biscuits. That's what you're in control over. I think one thing that Ted reached a point in his career that not everyone has out of the gate is like, he is showing, this is my authentic self. Mm -hmm. I am willing to take the blowback if my authentic self does not land with you. I'm willing to take the feedback if my authentic self does not land with you, but I'm going to continue for my own integrity to show up as my authentic self. Now, that in itself is a path that takes a little while to navigate because you're like, what do they expect of me? What is what makes me feel good? Like, so if you're out there and you're like an early career starter, like this, you will be on this path and you will eventually get there. But as you sort of have these different experiences, you're going to learn more and more about where you thrive and mm-hmm. where you don't. And where like, how you like to contribute and but give yourself a little grace if you're early on because that that takes you just have you need experiences to kind of inform your opinion about that as you get further along like and you and i can say this like you know like oh i'm not going to stand for this bullshit, or i will you know or like or i'm just going to say it like you have those moments where like i'm just going to say it i'm going to say it in the meeting <laughs> who cares you get, you get to a point too where you're like if someone fires me so many other people will hire me right there's a confidence in that when you're young when you're early on in your career you always have an anxiety that you're going to get fired and lose your livelihood the next day right oh, and that's a real that's a real issue for many people so again you know if you're like oh just leave that's not often a real reality but i i think if if you can kind of treat each moment that that was upsetting as information (laughs) to (laughs) to say okay what is here what are the themes what is this telling me about myself and what i like and don't like what i will stand for and not stand for you will reach a point where you know yourself so well that you're like i'm just gonna say this in this meeting or you know what i'm gonna I'm going to leave and maybe it won't be tomorrow because you because of financial security, you need to secure another job, but you will feel confident in making that decision. Absolutely. And Ted biscuits with the boss, like just to kind of close that is like is the perfect example where he just keeps pushing. He's like, this is my style. It may not land. I'm going to wear you the F down. (laughs) That's a style. That is a style. He's like, it's my style. Uh, I'm more like, I'm going to go sit in my room and think about all the ways I might have upset you and how I should um, change, but not change, but be myself, but also be a a version of myself that you laugh at. (laughs) I want you to know that um, I I envy that that intentionality and thoughtfulness (laughs) in other people. I'm just like, motherfuckers, I'm here. I mean, I'm like that on the inside. Deal with it. I'm like that on the inside. On the inside. Um. <laughs> I was also raised by wolves, so they were like, <laughs> they were like, "Listen, child, welcome, come into this world. We have rejected society, and you will grow up very confused." <laughs> well, this explains a lot because I was raised. I'm first generation American, raised by immigrants, so. This will be, this informs a lot of how I view the world and I'm always just desperate to make other people proud and find validation through others. But it's fine. It's fine, guys. This is fine. A- We're doing it. We're growing. We're- this is a great time. Back to Ted Lasso. Um, okay. 
we are going to here's what you can expect from the rest of the season folks we um we're going to try a bunch of different things we will at some point if we can figure out the technology open this up to questions and people kind of sending us their their things that they want us to talk about we will um go more eventually we'll go a little bit more and more into the episodes themselves these quotes between the the, the characters but what you will walk away with is first of all we're hilarious duh and (laughs) you have you take away something that you can put to use you know that you take away something that you've learned yes laugh but learned and um and i and i just want to add one more thing um especially if it's young people that are listening uh, something that i always like to keep repeating is that you are enough so i one of my hopes and dreams is if you listen to this podcast that if you're having like anxiety or feeling uncertainty, that maybe you'll have a moment of being like, listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure this shit out. And so is everybody else. And that's okay. I'm going to be a little bit easier on myself. So you are enough. And we're going to keep just proving that through yeah. these episodes. I'm pump everybody up. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of Pop on Leadership, where we explore Ted Lasso. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.